Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Happy Thursday, Sky and Daniel back with you previewing the Week 11 games and their fantasy implications. As always, make sure to email us your fantasy questions to tckpod at gmail.com and shoot us a DM on Instagram at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag tckpod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. this guy right here where you have a man-to-man right here you see he gets penetration right there you know when you run away from him he's gonna run you down yeah, he's one of those guys who will get penetration yeah, he not only rambled but he rumbled and stumbled <laughs> that's when you want a medicine backstop get that back to his hands are so big and strong in fact they get penetration on both sides there's two footballs on the field and then when they wear their powder blue uniform oh. man that is it how can you lose a guy 65 to 305 pounds? When a center goes to block you like that, you can't punch him. Daniel, good evening, brother. How are you? I'm doing okay, man. Just uh, fighting, fighting the smoke here in the Bay Area. Our, the, the entire great state of California pretty much seems like it's on fire right now. Uh, and, uh, and certainly we're in... Uh, in the Bay Area, you know, no, no, da- no danger, but just smoky as hell. It's hard to walk around outside. So it's been kind of a drag. But other than that, doing good. Looking forward to another brutal uh, and, and 
by turns frustrating and amazing week of fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough, man. And, and uh, really quick on, on the smoke, uh, Curly and I had, had uh, been talking about that as well yesterday on the podcast too. Um, of course, all of our families are in, in and around the Bay area and we all grew up there and stuff. And it's just, uh, you know, brutal from basically LA to the border of Oregon. Um, so, uh, you know, blessings and well wishes out to uh, everybody involved and shout out to the first responders. Of course, uh, my brother's in the electrician or electrical business and definitely uh, in a big part of this repairing the damage. So shout out to everybody uh, trying to help out and, and things. So I wish uh, you safety and uh, definitely stay healthy in that smoke broke and certainly get brutal. Yep. Yep. And not to, I know this is not a political podcast, but I just want all our listeners to be aware this has nothing to do with the management of the situation as our dear president would have you believe. Uh, it's, it's just that bad. The fire is just being blown around everywhere and it's really unfortunate. So, uh, so hopefully everyone, everyone's okay. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Right on. Well, let's move on to, uh, to football. Uh, we are in week 11 already, man. Holy smokes. The, the season is really blowing by here. We only have three weeks until fantasy playoffs. Uh, the team's on by this week. We have another uh, by apocalypse as we like to refer to it in the fantasy circles. However, uh, outside of the Patriots, um, I'm not sure that anybody cares uh, that uh, the Bill, nope. the Bills, Browns, Dolphins, Jets, and 49ers are on by along with the Patriots. And um, it's just not as, as gnarly as, as these bipocalypse can be sometimes when there's six teams on a bye. So you shouldn't be uh, nope. too out of luck. There are certainly some some big names here on a bye this week. Uh, certainly um, Chubb, um, you know, the Patriots, of course, uh, Kittle, Brita. Kittle as a, as a Kittle owner, I'm feeling that a little sure, bit. But, um, sure, there's yeah, not so bad. there's definitely some holes. Um, you know, Frank Gore, of course, the number one running back in Miami, so that's going to be a tough hole to fill there. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, other than that, it's it's actually not too terrible. Maybe Lashawn McCoy uh, coming off a nice game, but but otherwise, uh, it's definitely been worse in the past. So those six teams on by. Let's jump into tonight's game, man. It's a good one right off the bat here. And uh, I heard on another podcast. Um, throughout the week here that this is almost uh an elimination game uh a bit yeah uh, the Packers are four four and one and the Seahawks are four and five this game is in Seattle um this is a really nice game here uh to to start off the week tonight um who uh who you want to start off with here I'll, I'm happy to talk about either one of these teams I'll take I'll take the Seahawks and that's kind of a cop-out even though I I and we'll talk about our picks on uh on tomorrow's episode I, I actually expect Seattle to win this game but uh you know fantasy wise Seahawks are a weird bunch right now uh as somebody as somebody who owns a number of Seahawks I mean Russell Wilson has has been throwing a, a crap ton of touchdowns but ultimately he's not throwing the ball very much uh so he's dependent on those touchdowns entirely in order to maintain his value which makes him sort of a scary play um you know uh the receivers are, are I think if you have to play a Seattle whiteout I think Tyler Lockett might be the best bet. He's getting quite quite a significant target share right now. Doug Baldwin has like quietly been a wide receiver three in three of his past four games, but ultimately he's nowhere near anything that uh, in terms of the ceiling that he was supposed to be able to reach. Uh, so he's he's I mean obviously as well a risky play uh, and just that entire running back situation. I don't know what the heck to make of it. I still think 
Chris Carson's probably the number one, but, you know, Rashad Penny having a really nice week this past week. Mike Davis talented uh, double-digit touches in five of his past six games. So this whole situation scares the crap, scares the crap out of me a little bit. So, um, you know, I have no problem with playing Russell Wilson. I have no problem with throwing out Lockett or Baldwin on a, on a if you really need a flyer in a bye week. But, but ultimately, it's kind of a weird bunch right now. Sure. Uh, without uh, without looking necessarily, unless it's right up in front of you, who has more yardage on the season, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I I would almost I, it's not in front of me, but I can almost assure you that it's Aaron Rodgers. Aaron um, Aaron Rodgers by eight hundred. Who has more touchdowns? Uh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson by four. So it is <laughs> it is interesting, man. He yeah. is uh, he's certainly getting it done with um, not a yeah. huge volume. Right. This seems to be kind of what the Seattle offense is now uh, we'll see how it goes one thing I will say about Russ is if the t- even if the touchdowns might be a tad unsustainable he is running the ball more now um, yes. he's 41 and 92 yards on the ground over the past two weeks that's really nice to see because that at the very least raises his floor quite a bit um, so he's you know that's kind of why I liked him in the first place this season is because he because uh, of his relatively high floor so hopefully that'll that'll make him playable this week uh I, but other than that yeah it's a it's a weird offense to be a part of fantasy wise right now before i move on to the packers what do you think is going on with his backfield here the packers backfield or the, no or the, the, the the seahawks oh. just the the three-headed monster here i mean you know chris carson's coming back but rashad penny's involved we have mike davis of course yeah. Um, JD McKissick could be around sometime soon. Um, just, just kind of curious. I'm, you know, I know a lot of listeners have been kind of blowing me up and, you know, Chris Carson's an automatic if he plays, but yep. what do you do about who's, who's second tier, I guess is, is what I'm asking Mike Davis yeah. or Rashad Penny. I, my personal opinion is, is Mike Davis. I think still, uh, I know Penny kind of broke out last week and had himself, you know, his first really effective game, but everything that I'm reading out of there is, is, is still saying that they're, they're going to be somewhat hesitant with him, that he's been sort of slow to learn the offense or he's mm-hmm. not quite where he needs to be yet. So I, I mean, I picked him up in one of my leagues cause I, I, I kind of had a, a space to burn and I figure what the hell, maybe he, maybe they, they play him more to try to justify the draft pick and, he ends up doing really well, uh, you know, so, so, you know, he's maybe worth stashing, but I, right now I still put Mike Davis ahead of him on the death chart quite a bit. Cool. Fair enough. I agree. I agree. Okay, cool. Let's uh, I'll move on to green Bay. Um, Aaron Rodgers, of course, Aaron Jones uh, is a surefire start at this point. Um, I think, I think, I think he's a, you know, a running back two. Uh, but certainly running back one upside. And I think that, you know, Aaron, I mentioned this on the, yesterday's podcast that Aaron Rodgers has come out and, and basically told the media, which is essentially telling the Packers he wants to get Aaron Jones more involved. Yeah. And I think that's just Aaron Rodgers being a leader saying, Hey, I'm arguably the best quarterback in the, in the game. However, I can't do everything here. Clearly me throwing the ball, you know, as many times as I am for less than 300 uh, yards in the last couple of games, he hasn't thrown for three touchdowns uh, since week five. And Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is usually good for three at least a week. Um, they're finally balanced. I think it looks a lot better. I, I think that the boat of confidence coming from the quarterback is going to really help out Aaron Jones. And we saw what he did last week, of course, breaking out. And the Seahawks defense is certainly getting better, but I think he'll be able to run, um, you know, coming up. So anyway, yeah. I love Aaron Jones. And then uh, Devontae Adams, of course. I like uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling as well in this game. I think that he'll be able to break loose a little bit. I think there's going to be double coverage per usual on uh, Devontae Adams. I think he'll get loose. And this is a uh, 
I'm not really into the revenge game narratives uh, necessarily, but um, this is Jimmy Graham returning to Seattle here. So I think that could be interesting for sure uh, over the middle there. But right. I, think those, I think those linebackers are pretty solid for the Seahawks. So I'm not super crazy about Jimmy Graham in general. But um, other than that, man, I, I, I think that's probably good for the Packers, really. I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams for sure. And then, yep. you know, uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling uh, as well. Yep, I hope I hope you're right about Jimmy Graham because I'm in the absence of uh, George Kittle. He's my guy this week, so hopefully, he, hopefully, hopefully, he does have that revenge game. Yeah, I think I think he'll be comfortable. But again, I've been saying it all season, and it, it bodes well. It's like if he doesn't catch that touchdown, yep. he might he might leave you with three for twenty four yards. You know, it's just kind yep. of right. He, he's not really the burner he used to be. So, okay, nice nice game tonight. Stoked for it. Uh, let's move on here. Um, another. Uh, not quite an elimination game for these teams, uh, but I i mean, I don't know that either the Falcons or the Cowboys have a chance anyway, um, but this is certainly the, the loser of this team is essentially out of the playoffs as well. So maybe it is a elimination game, but uh, we have Dallas at four and five coming in to Atlanta four and five as well. Um, I'll just take the Falcons really quick and, and make it speedy. Um, you're playing Matt Ryan uh, at home, especially Julio Jones, of course, I love Calvin Ridley here. Uh, the Cowboys cornerbacks have been solid this year, but I don't think they're going to be any match for uh, the Falcons. And uh, I like Austin Hooper in this game as well with uh, Sean Lee out, yep. uh, at least for the fantasy season. So I'm um, really liking that. And then Tevin Coleman, I think you fire up as a uh, RB2. And Ito Smith, I think, is a long shot. Everybody else in fantasy wants to fire him up because he's talented and they want him to be good, but he's just not getting the efficiency. So I'm I'm off of Edo Smith, unless you're really stuck uh, this week with with all of the uh, running backs on by. Yep, I agree. I think I think uh, I, I like Edo Smith. I like I like his ceiling in some sense more than Tevin Coleman's. But yeah, he's just for whatever reason he's not the guy over there. So um, he's a touchdown or nothing option to be sure. Uh, you know, the Cowboys are, are, have become a relatively easy fantasy team to discuss because there's not much. I mean, obviously, Zeke is, is the man. You play him. He just shredded the best the league's best rushing defense a week ago on the road. Now he has a game against the weakest, maybe one of the weakest run, uh, run defenses in, in the league. So he should absolutely have a utter monster of a game. Um, I like Dak Prescott this week as a streamer. He's quietly turned it up over the past four weeks. He's been a QB one three of the past four weeks. He's thrown for over 240 yards in three straight games. Um, and the, the Falcons allow a ton of passing yards and a lot of touchdowns. So I think this is definitely something that, uh, that could, uh, you know, could be even more of a kind of a breakout game for Dak. I actually picked him up in both of my leagues as kind of a, a handcuff to, to not really handcuff, but a, sort of a backup to, to Russell Wilson. So, um, you know, he could be, this could be a very interesting uh, matchup for him. Um, and also, you know, new cowboy Amari Cooper all of a sudden has shown something of a high floor. It was like he was the ultimate boomer bust guy in Oakland. Now with Dallas, he's been sort of he's received eight and ten targets in his first two games, uh, wide receiver 13 and wide receiver 22. So it's it sounds like, you know, this turned out to be a pretty amazing landing spot for him. Uh, and, and I hope that that he's able to keep it up because obviously he has immense talent and uh, it's not like there's a ton of receiving options on Dallas. So, uh, so you know, he could be something uh, that would be worth a play too. Very good. Let's move on to Baltimore. Uh, we have a <laughs> – this is so funny, man. I, I, I 
just am kind of looking at this deeper now. We almost have another elimination game here in the AFC, <laughs> at least in the yeah. AFC, AFC North in this division here. The Bengals started off super hot, of course, this season. They've sputtered. Uh, A.J. Green is out. He may or may not play this week. I think it's kind of hogwash. I know that uh, Curly just made a trade for uh, A.J. Green, actually, in our league of record. Mm-hmm. Um, but – uh, I'm not so sure that he's going to play this week. And even if he does, I wouldn't be excited about him against the uh, the Ravens. And so I, I guess I'll just continue to talk about the Bengals here. Um, <laughs> them them playing against the Ravens on the road as they're just off the rails right now. I mean, Joe Mixon's Joe Mixon, Tyler yeah. Boyd, Flex, RB, or wide receiver two. Other than that, I don't want Dalton. I don't want Uzoma. Uh, I'm not feeling any other receivers. Uh, so I think you, you play mixing out of necessity, but I'm not stoked on him against the Ravens and uh, Tyler Boyd. I'm not either. So I'm not really, not really stoked on the, on the Bengals at all in this game on the road against the Ravens. I think the Ravens are coming off a bye. They need a win here bad uh, to even it up with the Bengals as the Steelers are starting to run away with the division. So I think the Ravens come out fired up and shut down the Bengals, frankly. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and I think, you know, mix in your plan, but he's I don't consider him an RB one this week. I, I agree. I, I, agree. I think I think that I think that the the, the Ravens uh, rushing defense is too too difficult to deal with. And he, you know, uh he played a season low snaps last week, season low touches, so it seems like well they got, I don't know if, they, I don't know if, they got they got, they got their they got their asses handed to them, obviously. And and I, I don't know how much of this uh, how much uh Gio Bernard returning has any impact. We'll see. But just in general, uh I think I think uh He's uh, not a great play in this matchup, but he is Joe Mixon, and he's going to be the the bell cow, so you're playing him. Um, Moving on to the uh, Ravens, Um, one player I'll just say really quickly. First of all, I'll get to the quarterback situation in a second, but but, uh, I'm actually loving Alex Collins in this matchup. Um, I think I think the Bengals have been one of the worst teams in the league in terms of yards per game to opposing backfield. They've allowed a running back to score a touchdown in eight straight games. They've allowed somehow ten touchdowns to running backs in the past five games, which is actually kind of insane. <laughs> um, I don't know how that how that happens, but it's remarkable. Um, I mean, I would even potentially in a in a in a deep you know PPR league, even pe- the likes of Ty Montgomery and Buck Allen might be sort of interesting. But I think I think. Uh, you know, Collins has an opportunity to have a big game in this one. I think he will. He would be somebody that I'd be throwing in there automatically. Um, other than him, uh, you know, do we have a, a, a sense yet of who the quarterback's going to be? Uh, I don't think. No, well, I mean, right now, first of all, Uncle Flacco's hurt, so he's probably right. not going to play this game either way. No, no. Uh, Har- Harbaugh refuses to admit that he's not going to play, so he's not telling anything. I've heard mixed reviews. I, I think that the fantasy circle is is certainly riding the uh, – the uh, Lamar Jackson train. I wouldn't be surprised though, if this is a serious injury that nobody really knows about outside of Baltimore um, and, and the, and the Ravens know that maybe they'll shut down Flacco or maybe he'll miss a couple of weeks. I wouldn't be surprised if RG three, which, you know, if, if fantasy players don't remember, he is still in the league. He did actually play pretty well in the preseason. He frankly outplayed Lamar Jackson, um, not as flashy, but he had better numbers. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the first nod, Yep. And outside of an injury, which of course could certainly happen with RG3, unfortunately, or just kind of bad play, then they put in Lamar. 
Um, but Lamar could get the start too. To be honest with you, that's a long-winded version of saying I have no idea. Yeah, nobody knows anything. Yeah, okay. I just want to make sure you didn't know something that I didn't know. But, although, but yeah. although yeah. I, I will say, I will say, and I've, I've jumped the gun because, as you know, preseason, you know, I, I've been high on Lamar from day one, so I went and scooped him in, in as many leagues as I could just to sit on it to see what happens. But if you have a roster spot to burn in your league, I would go pick up uh, Lamar Jackson, even if RG three plays. I yep. personally don't I don't have any ambition to go get him, but I would sit on Lamar Jackson even for a week or two if Flacco's out for sure to see what happens. I don't think he's gonna be throwing very crazy, but he's gonna have the highest rushing floor of a quarterback, and we all know in most leagues that matters more anyway. So I would be stoked on Lamar if he plays maybe not the first week, but against the Bengals, phew, anything can yeah. happen. It's a it's a dream matchup. I, I personally think if Lamar Jackson plays you actually consider streaming him. That's my personal opinion. If you're, if you, let's say you're a Tom Brady owner. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. You, and you need, you need somebody to, I mean, I think, you know, we don't know what the passing floor is, of course, but we don't really know what that is with Robert Griffin at this point either. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and he has obviously a very high fantasy floor due to his rushing ability. Um, I think, I think he has some serious upside if he plays. And if I'm honest, I think they're crazy if they don't play him personally, but I could say, I know that this, you know, there's a veteran bias in the NFL and, uh, you know, Griffin, you're right. He did look good in the preseason. I'll admit that um, or at the very least better than Jackson. But um, but to me, they 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 got to they give Lamar a shot, in my opinion. Sure. Um, but anyway, if he plays, I consider streaming him. I think he's a good, ma good ma uh, a matchup against the Bengals this week. Um, let's see. Other than that, John Brown, solid. Uh, obviously, the quarterback situation is going to dictate to some extent what their receivers are going to be like. But I think Brown is is. You know, as, you know, anytime he's on the field represents something of a solid option as their clear number one. Um, we'll see about Crabtree. He's kind of, ha you know, just in general, he's not, it hasn't been a great option, but with a 16 by um, and, and a bunch of the injuries that the Bengals have had to their secondary, it's possible that Crabtree could be considered something like a low end wide receiver three. Um, one player I'll note that I like as kind of a deep play is Willie Sneed. Um, mm. uh, if he, uh, if, well, I mean, obviously again, with any of their receivers, it's going to remain to be seen what their quarterback situation is going to be like. It puts the whole situation in uncertainty. Uh, but, uh, but he's, uh, has averaged quite a few targets over the past six games and is looking like, uh, an increasingly interesting option over there as a, as a third receiver for them. So he's somebody to kind of keep an eye on, especially if with a, with a quarterback situation potentially in flux. Sure. Couldn't agree more. I just want to add one thing on Alex Collins. Um, I was thinking about it while you were, you know, kind of uh, putting out your your um, review of the Ravens there. I was thinking in my head this week, I think I would play in a standard league. I would play Alex Collins over Joe Mixon. In a standard league. Uh, yeah, I think I would agree with that. I don't. Uh, yeah, that that makes that actually makes sense to me. Um, yeah. I think he I think it's obviously a much better option. Um, I don't think – I think the existence of Montgomery and Allen pretty much only hurt each other. Like they're going to be I competing agree. with each other, not with, not with Alex Collins. So, yeah, I agree. Okay, cool. I just thought that was a crazy thought. I wanted to throw that out there. Maybe not so much. I don't think it's that crazy. I think I – think, um, unless you think that this is just going to be sort of a slugfest, you know, game where, where mm. mixed – to touch the ball you know run the ball 30 freaking times and and you know that's you know but even so i don't i don't think 
it's going to be close at the very least. Cool. Okay, fair enough. And uh, very quietly, um, Alex Collins is one, two, three, four, tied for fifth in the league in touchdowns with six uh, behind uh, behind only David Johnson, Isaiah Crowell, oddly enough, uh, Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon, James Conner, Kamara, and Gurley. So uh, Collins is certainly getting in the end zone. We'll see if he can do it again on Sunday. All right, let's move on. Uh, we have the Panthers heading into Detroit. Uh, Panthers, of course, getting shellacked last Thursday night. Uh, we're going to throw that game out. They just The Steelers just whooped their ass. Um, and the Lions are completely derailed uh, right now. They look they look horrible. Yeah, the Lions um, are, are done so. Lions are at home. Panthers coming in, needing a win big time. Um, take it away. Sure. I'll go ahead and uh, let's see. I'll take the lions. Why the hell not? Um, yeah, I don't know. There's nobody on this, in this offense anymore that I'm tremendously excited about. Um, I do think Kenny Galladay, you know, he finally kind of turned it around uh, in the fourth quarter last week. That was garbage time ish, but, um, but he at least got eight targets. And so he's looking as, at a, as a potentially interesting option, especially with, I guess, Marvin Jones now looking doubtful. Uh, to play yeah. this week so so there's literally pretty much nowhere else for them to turn in this offense assuming they're going to need to throw the ball sometimes so Galladay is is an option uh carry on Johnson uh has has kind of had little room to run over the past few games he has he's averaged 3.2 yards per carry but uh he ultimately he just gets uh you know he gets a lot of work he's found a stable floor he's got 19 targets in the passing game over the last three games so that helps his floor kind of be somewhat elevated. So he's an interesting option uh, going nowhere near Matthew Stafford at any no, point. No, no, point. no. Uh, he's just, he's looked like, uh, like a, like a shitty Alex Smith. Curly. Like, I mean, I mean, he's just like, he's, he's been just game managing basically. Yeah. Cur- um, Curly and I had mentioned uh, a few weeks ago on our um, all in checker fold segment uh, on Wednesday's trade talk episodes a few weeks ago. Um, it might've been the first episode about four weeks ago. We had mentioned that we were folding, uh, Stafford. That was that was either right when it was the week of the trade of Tate or a week before. But either way, yeah. we weren't feeling it. And sure enough, the the entire Lions offense outside of um, Carry On Johnson has really gone down. And and uh, I'll, I'll let you finish up. But I, I also expect a, a decent game actually from Theo Riddick uh, if yeah. uh, Marvin Jones misses. Yeah, that was going to be my last thing. Was just I, I think you know uh, theoretic. He hasn't had a rushing attempt since week five. Doesn't need uh, him, but he's, <laughs> doesn't, flat out doesn't need him. And, and like you said, they're running out of pass catchers. Tate's gone. Uh, Jones might not play. So so he's definitely uh, you know a, a solid PPR option. Uh, we, I would say a weekly PPR option at this point. Yep. Likewise, I agree with all that. For the Panthers, uh, Cam, of course, he'll, he should bounce back no problem versus a very beat up. Um, secondary looks like Darius Slay will play for the Lions this week, and of course they got absolutely destroyed last week without him. But um, him being back certainly will will shut down the uh, Panthers receivers. But I'm not excited about any of those guys. Funches has showed and showed some moments. DJ uh, Morris shown some moments, but I'm not excited about any of those guys. And uh, McCaffrey, of course, you're firing up. They of course uh, let go of CJ Anderson this week. But I think it sounds like that was kind of a mutual parting. C.J. Anderson was brought in to help McCaffrey, but he has not played really at all this season, surprisingly. Of course, I was high on him in the preseason, and he hasn't done anything. Um, But they did re-sign Kenyon Barner, who started his career coming out of Oregon in Carolina. So we'll see if maybe he's a deep flyer eventually. But other than that, man, I, 
you know, Greg Olson, you know, at the tight end position, I guess you, you have to fire Greg Olson, I suppose. Um, but uh, other than that, man, Cam and, and uh, Christian McCaffrey are probably, probably the only options, huh? Yep. I, I think I would agree with that. Um, I'm again, I'm not going anywhere near Devin Funches uh, or really anybody else in that receiving core. Uh, Greg Olson solid. He seems to kind of, seems to be healthy for one thing and has kind of reestablished himself as, as a primary option for Cam. So I'd go with him. Got it. And the Lions have allowed 11.4 tight end fantasy points per game since week six, which is nice for any, any double digit uh, performance from a tight end is definitely a plus. And of course, um, you know, Olsen is good for a touchdown really on any given week. So he's got uh, four or he's got three touchdowns in his last four games. So I like Olsen there. Let's move on to Indianapolis. Another, uh, a divisional matchup here. There's actually a lot of uh, kind of quietly good uh, middle of the road matchups here this week. This is another good one, man, that uh, I don't know if it has playoff implications, but certainly um, battling for second place behind Houston in that uh, AFC South. We have the Titans coming off a huge win against uh, Brady and the crew and uh, the Colts also fighting off the Jaguars last week. Uh, we got the Colts at home hosting the Titans. Yeah. Two teams looking pretty good right now. I'll go ahead and take the Titans. Uh, you know, don't look now, but Marcus Mariota is firmly Dude, in the streaming option. Make it happen, bro. Make it happen. I, I, you know, it's funny. I told you I picked up Dak Prescott and and uh, in our leagues, and Mariota was also available in one of them. And I almost considered it over Prescott, but I ultimately I, I like Prescott more right now. But um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, he's outscored his seasonal average entering the week in three straight games. He's averaging eight point three yards per pass attempt over that span, and the Colts have been shredded by quarterbacks uh, in four of their past six games, the only exceptions being Sam Darnold, who still somehow managed to put up 18 points on him, and the likes of Derek Anderson, who is basically not an NFL quarterback. So, um, <laughs> so, so needless to say, I think Mariota is primed to, to have a big, big game in this one, I think, potentially. Um, other than that, I think, you know, Corey Davis, all of a sudden he's posted back-to-back usable games. I'm, I'm throwing him out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Again, uh, Deion Lewis uh, is still out-touching Henry, uh, ultimately, quite a bit. Um, and uh, he's out-touched him, as a matter of fact, 64 to 33 over the past three games. Yeah. Um, and, and the Colts, you know, the Colts rushing defense has, has been fairly mediocre, particularly in, ter- in the passing game. Um, the one kind of player I'll mention is a very deep play is potentially Derrick Henry. Um, he's you know, looked enticing from a fantasy perspective. He scored in three straight games. Tennessee's offense in general is finding a lot more scoring opportunities. Uh, but ultimately, he's nothing more than a deep league flyer because he is fully touchdown dependent because uh, he's just not getting the touches. Um, but if you're if you in you know desperate need of a running back to throw a flyer out, you know Henry's. You could do worse, I think, than Derrick Henry right now. Sure, totally agree. How do you feel about uh, Johnny Smith? Just curious. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I really liked it when, 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 um, Del- oh Delaney Walker. Yeah. Delaney Walker went down. Um, I was actually really high on Johnny Smith. I thought he was going to have an immediate impact and, and their offense as a whole sputtered and now it seems to be kind of improving. And I like, I like him as an option. I mean, they don't have, other than Corey Davis, they don't have a ton of top quality receiving options really. Um, so, so I think he's somebody you consider in the streaming conversation right now. And if he has a big week this week, you know, even start to think about even a little more than that. So, um, I do like Johnny Smith a lot. 
Okay, cool. I agree. I just wanted to test the waters there because I think he's a name that a lot of people were hyped on uh, as you were when uh, Delaney Walker yeah. went down, but then yeah. he kind of just was completely absent for you know, six, seven weeks, Blaine Gabbert didn't use him at all. And he kind of just reemerged last week. And I was just kind of like, Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. he was, he was supposed to be good. That's right. I mean, and, that whole offense wasn't due. I mean, Corey Davis sure. wasn't doing anything during that stretch either. Right. And sure. I don't think anybody thinks that Corey Davis stinks. So, so yeah, I think, I think, you know, he's, he's a, he's an interesting option to keep an eye on. Well, for, you know, more than half the season so far, the Titans have either been rolling with Blaine Gabbert or, right. Marcus Mariota, who can't feel his arms. So I'm not, you know, that's, that's not going <laughs> to, yeah. not going to get it done. So, okay, cool. Let's, uh, I'll move on to the Colts. Um, Andrew Luck, of course, uh, quick question for you, uh, Ebron or Doyle. Oh my God. I don't even know what to say to this conversation anymore. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and still say Doyle. I think, I still think Ebron is, is more touchdown dependent. Um, he ultimately, uh, incredibly big play. Um, and he's going to do that. He's still going to post. He might be poaching touchdowns. Um, ultimately, he ran just 12 pass routes last week, though, um, whereas Doyle is, is still dominating snaps. He's dominating the routes run. So he's definitely the one that I would say uh, is, is more playable at this point. But Ebron's still playable. I mean, you can play both of them as tight end ones, I think, this week, to be honest. Um, but, uh, but I like Doyle a little more. Cool. Fair enough. I, I, I agree. I was just uh, curious. I've got Eric Ebron, of course, in uh, the League of Record, but I've got uh, Doyle in another rando league, and I was just curious which one would come up. Because, of course, everybody started Doyle last week, and Ebron had two receiving touchdowns and a rushing score as well. That is uh, correct. I can attest to that as the person who had to deal with that shit last week against you. But, yes, uh, of course. It was, it, was, it was pretty silly. And, uh, you know, shout out to Ebron, though. He's been playing really well, man, and showing that potential he never really did in Detroit. And uh, he has the most touchdowns by a Colts tight end since Dallas Clark, who was wow. arguably – I mean, he was – he was probably the best tight end along with Tony Gonzalez there in the late two thousands. I remember having Dallas Clark on fantasy teams was like uh, having an extra receiver there. So Dallas Clark in 2009, the last, uh, last tight end for the Colts to have as many touchdowns as Eric Ebron. Anyway, digression there. Um, let's see. And the running back committee is also a, a mess here. I mean, Marlon Mack, assuming he's healthy and healthy enough to play. I'm not really feeling him, to be honest. I just, yeah. I know he had his two big games and he was fed. Those are against two terrible off, uh, defenses, excuse me. And I'm not really feeling that. Um, he played, you know, against Buffalo and Oakland, he destroyed. Um, but against Jacksonville, you know, 12 carries for 29 yards. I don't like that at all. Uh, Naheem Hines, I think I'm going to have to play out of necessity this week in the uh, listener league. Um, I like him as a PPR option, although the Titans are very stingy against running backs in general. Uh, so I don't like that. And then Jordan Wilkins, I don't think is an option. Um, T.Y. Hilton. I suppose you can fire up, but again, the Titans defense has been, been really solid. Uh, although we did see uh, Josh Gordon, um, you know, blow him up a little bit last week for the Patriots. So I, I definitely could see uh, T.Y. Hilton getting thrown up and I don't see you benching him in general just because of the upside there. Um, and no, no other real options there for, for the uh, Colts. Um, don't forget about Mo Alley Cox as well. The third string tight end also getting touchdowns. So if you're if you're really hurt with the flex position, just fire up one of these Titan or these uh, Colts <laughs> tight ends. Yeah. You might get away with it. Apparently, the the team the team to stick with in terms of tight ends. Yeah, that's a very deep flyer. Um, but uh, yeah, oh, that's yeah. And obviously, Andrew Luck is is quite good as it turns out now. Um, so that's that's 
exciting to see, I will say. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's he's fantastic. He's second in the league in touchdowns behind only Mahomes. So he's he's playing very, very well right now. Uh, let's move on to a game that has a combined record of 5-13 and 13 between the Buccaneers and the t- Giants. This game is in uh, East Rutherford. Um, man, I mean, uh, I'll, let, I'll let you choose, I guess, and then take the other. Bucks, Bucks or Giants? Yeah. Pick your poison. Okay. I'll take the I'll take the Bucks. Um, I mean, there's there's you know there's a number of players over here that I think you got to at least consider playing. Obviously, uh, with with Fitz Magic, the passing yardage floor has been so high. Yeah, it's four hundred yards. <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's hard to not play anybody who's throwing on a four basically four hundred yards, four hundred plus yards in four of his five game complete games that he played. That's insane. Uh, now the the touch. Uh, you know, basically thing has been self-induced by his own play in the red zone, uh, which he's been scattershot to say the least. Um, he's also averaging points in, in all of his games. So, um, you know, I don't know what to make, but ultimately any, I don't know how you don't play somebody who's a game. Um, the one, so one thing I'll say about their receivers is I know Mike Evans is considered sort of the number one over there, but I'm starting to think that I like Deshaun Jackson more. Um, he's re- receiving a ton of targets. Um, he's been a wide receiver three or better in three of the past. I think uh, he led the team in targets last week. Um, I think his op- expectation, obviously I, I, I acknowledge that Mike Evans is probably more talented at this point in his career, but I think Deshaun Jackson's floor might be able uh, has been a wide receiver four or lower in four of his past six games. Giants have been stingy in terms of allowing receiving touchdowns to opposing lead receivers. Julio Jones is the only receiver, only sort of lead receiver to reach 100 yards against them. I, I'm not really that interested in Mike Evans in this one. I'm I, arguably more interested in Deshaun Jackson. I know that's kind of a bold, potentially a bold statement, but um, Deshaun Jackson and, and O.J. Howard at the tight end spot. Um, so, uh, so we'll see. Uh, I don't know. I may end up eating my words here. Evans might, you know, is capable of throwing one of those 120 yarders at any point. Um, so, so we'll see what happens. But uh, that's kind of my take. Uh, the other guy that I'm not yet buying really is Chris Godwin. Uh, ultimately, he's still a boomer bust option. That's very, very t- typically very, very touchdown dependent. Uh, so that's another player that I'm not loving right now. Okay, really quick. Uh, the Let's see, the Buccaneers, of course, Mike Evans does have the most receptions, yards, and targets, but uh, Chris Godwin, Deshaun uh, Deshaun Jackson, and O.J. Howard are almost identical in receptions, yards, touchdowns, and targets. I mean, all three of them, I'll just save the listeners. I don't need to read off all of their stats, but I'll tell you that their receptions are within five, their yardage is within about 150, they all have four or five touchdowns, and they all have about 50 uh, targets. So, um very impressive there, the distribution there. And don't forget about Adam Humphreys, uh, yep. who, who who kind of disappeared last week and went, you know, climbed back into his shell. But the two games before that, seven for 76 and then eight for 82 and two touchdowns, the Giants have certainly been beat. And he's got the Niners coming up next. So Adam Humphreys could certainly work out if Fitzmagic wants to find him. So I agree there. And, um, okay, fair enough. I'll move on to the Giants. Uh, I don't think there's much to say here. You're starting – you're starting Odell. You're starting Saquon. I like uh, Evan Ingram. He's a tight end out of necessity with upside. I like Sterling Shepard against the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers have been destroyed by slot receivers this whole season. I love Sterling Shepard in this matchup. And uh, I hate to say it, man, but after his stellar performance on Monday Night Football, you got to fire up Eli Manning against the Bucs. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. I mean, 
I, I think he's he's all of a sudden, you know, he, he never really truly went away, right? I mean, he's always going to be an option over there. He's got, you know, enough weapons where where that that make him look like he's still, you know, a serviceable uh, NFL quarterback. So so yeah, and especially I mean, you know, pretty much any quarterback playing against the Bucks, I will say, yeah. unless it's you know, whoever's playing for the Bills right now. Although, hey, maybe even Matt Barkley, who knows? All right, let's move on to Washington. Uh, the tech, the Redskins host the Texans. Both teams are six and three. Uh, both teams leading their respective divisions, and uh, the Texans looking real hot, dude. Uh, winners of six in a row, and the Redskins somehow still in first place, but uh, not looking as hot. <laughs> quite, quite, quite cold. No, definitely. And I have no idea how they are where they are, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and especially from a fantasy perspective, I don't think there's a single Redskin that yeah. I'm excited about playing right now, to be honest. I think Jordan, I mean, Reed, Jordan Reed's really the only one you even consider. Uh, and Adrian Peterson, yes. Okay, fine. Jordan Reed and Adrian Peterson. But I think both of those guys are likely to have a down week compared to what they've sort of been doing. I think uh, um, just in general, I, I feel like – Jordan Reed has been borderline unusable and has vir- virtually no fantasy appeal, even against a team like the Texans who has allowed uh, actually quite a lot of points to tight ends. I, I don't know. I just, I'm starting to kind of fold on Jordan Reed as well. Um, and Adrian Peterson uh, all of a sudden the past two weeks has looked a lot less impressive. I mean, he's rushed 28 times for 85 yards, which is not great. The injuries have absolutely decimated the Redskins offensive line. Uh, and and Houston's defense is particularly stingy against the run. So, yes, I think, you know, obviously he's still in the RB2 conversation, but I'm not in love with either of those two guys. I arguably think Maurice Harris is maybe the, the best, wow. maybe the best option in that, in that offense right now. Uh, um, so he's, he's all of a sudden been quite uh, effective in the past couple of weeks. Uh, I would say there's potentially limited upside. I'm not necessarily buying that first game where he was a, a top 10 wide receiver, but Nevertheless, he's, he does seem to be maybe the primary passing option in that offense right now. So he's somebody you think about flying up, throwing out there in kind of a deep, uh, deep situation. But sure, uh, other enough. than that, not a whole fair lot enough. to get excited about. Okay, let's uh, move on to Houston. Um, the Texans, uh, however, are firing on all cylinders. Uh, coming off of a bye, uh, Deshaun Watson, you're firing up. Uh, Hopkins, of course. Um, Demarius Thomas, I think you can fire up. He had a nice debut. I think you could play him. Uh, as a wide receiver too. And uh, Kiki QT should be coming back after a few weeks injured, but he's going to be a wide receiver three at this point. Of course, there's big boom upside, which we saw in week four when he had 11 catches for 109 yards, but I'm not super crazy about Kiki QT as a third option. Um, Lamar Miller too. I just, you know, he had his two weeks. I don't know how the hell he rushed for a hundred yards against Jacksonville, um, everybody's doing it against Miami. So I'll, 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 you know, give him that one, but against Denver, uh, who we've seen a number of teams, um, destroy, uh, Isaiah Crowell, um, ran all over them. Uh, and Lamar Miller was 12 for 21, um, against the Broncos there. I think this Washington defense is actually quietly pretty solid. Um, and I think that their defense is the reason that they're still afloat in the NFC East, so I, I'm just not on the Lamar Miller train. I gave him credit for the two weeks, but I'm off of it now. Not excited about him. And then Jordan Thomas slash Ryan Griffin, the two tight ends for the 
for the Houston Texans, not really sexy names, and you're probably not starting either one of them, but I just have to mention that uh, both of these guys have certainly been involved um, the last couple of weeks, and uh, Jordan Thomas especially um, has three touchdowns on just nine receptions. So he's certainly a um, kind of a kind of a poor man's Eric Ebron here. So um, certainly a red zone target if you have to, you know, go way the hell down uh, your your lineup there. So just an idea. Um, but other than that, man, I, I think you're you're pretty limited. You're starting your studs there. I personally would go away from Lamar Miller, but if you can't, then he's a he's an RB two flex. Yeah, I think the other thing about Miller is that he offers absolutely Dude. nothing in the receiving game. So so he's he's definitely has a it's a it, very it's so weird too because like I've, I've spent this entire podcast knocking him and Kenyon Drake and some of these other guys. So I'm, I'm going to spare that. But it it's really rarely about the player. I always say that, right? It's about the situation. Lamar Miller. Yeah. Does not make sense to me, dude. I I mentioned I mentioned a few weeks ago <laughs> no, that I had no. him on my team when he was with the Dolphins, and I picked him up off of waivers or something, or or like in the eighth round, like way the hell late, and I was just like take a flyer on him, and he crushed. He did really well that that season, you know. And but they were using him out of the pass game, getting a lot of work on the ground. And he was really athletic, really good. He's supposed to be the bell cow here in Houston, and even with all the work, he's terribly inefficient. I just he seems more talented than he actually is. Like, I don't know what the hell, to, how to get a read on this guy. He bothers me. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I agree. I mean, I think we can safely assume that he's, that he's, you know, a volume dependent, you know, runner who's, who's not ultra talented, but if he's in one of these slugfest games where he gets a ton of carries, he can sneak his way into the end zone uh, on occasion. Right. Uh, and that's okay. pretty much it. Fair enough. Let's move on here. Uh, Okay, this next matchup for fantasy purposes uh, anyway is going to be fireworks on one side and, and complete duds on the other one. Uh, the Steelers coming in red hot, 6-2-1 and one against the Woeful Jaguars. Uh, I think this is going to be Steelers big early, even against this Jacksonville defense. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think uh, I'll, I'll take the Jaguars, and which is to say Leonard Fournette and, and nothing else. Um, it's, it was kind of good to see him walk right back into high usage. Ultimately, he needed a lot of help in the passing game to 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 make his line what it was last week. But uh, but I think I think he's his volume and scoring upside are ultimately too strong. Uh, you got to get him in there. Um, Bortles, I'm avoiding. I know that sometimes some people think that that goes without saying, but it, he's been a QB one in past four of his God past six it. games. Why? Because he does that. He does it. He does. He'll do. He does well in garbage. <sighs> He'll, you know, remember a lot of those have been without Leonard Fournette, you know, so he has been forced to throw the ball quite a bit. Um, but and but the Pittsburgh defense has, has held five straight quarterbacks under their. Uh, so we're talking about below average Bortles. So needless to say, that's not a startable commodity. Um, and Jaguars receiving core, I will say we've kind of gotten this group down. It was a huge mess through a lot of the year. We've kind of narrowed it down to D.D. Westbrook and Dante Moncrief each week but uh ultimately again just based on what i said about portals that goes for their receivers too neither of them are going to be great options in this one yeah totally agree totally agree um and you're certainly not playing the jaguars defense as this version against the steelers nope. um Definitely okay not. for for well i have the luxury of talking about the steelers which means yeah. uh you start uh vance mcdonald i actually really like his matchup uh, against the jaguars he torched them in the playoffs last year and you play everybody else. Am I missing Pretty something? Much. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think that's going to about do it. Um, uh, yeah, there's nobody not to not to play. I don't think in that entire in that offense. And, and right just now. The, the, the receivers, 
Right. The recent uh, the recent note is that James Conner should be fined after a uh, supposed concussion, but we're not sure if he even got a concussion. Either way, he looks to be playing on Sunday. Of course, Le'Veon Bell is gone. We don't have to worry about that. Um, one name I would uh, go and pick up uh, if you have a roster spot and you are that Connor owner, I would go get Jalen Samuels, um, who's mm-hmm. not really a name yet, but he was a big prospect coming out of college. And if you're in Yahoo leagues, then he is eligible to play tight end as well, but he is a running back. Huh. So he was, a, he was a tight end in college, but um, he has running back tight end eligibility in Yahoo leagues. So if you can play a running back at the tight end position, Holy shit. So, uh, fire him up. Let's move on to uh, a stellar fantasy matchup here between the 1-8 and eight Raiders and the 2-7 and seven Cardinals. Right. Um, so, that's fun. I'll go ahead and say so that. David I, Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, moving on? I'll go. I'll, I'll add Doug Martin to that, actually, believe it or not. I mean, he's been quietly quite effective uh, in the past three weeks. He's averaging 4.7 yards per carry and Arizona's rushing defense is utterly atrocious. Yes. It so is. I think, so I do think that, that Doug Martin and even Jalen Richard, who hasn't had a much upside, but has had a relatively stable floor. Uh, he's kind of uh, a poor man's, you know, theoretical. I guess you could really say poor man's James Wright, James White, but poor man's theoretic uh, for fantasy purposes. So, uh, so yeah, I think those guys you throw out, everybody else gone. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. And uh, yeah, for the Cardinals uh, for real. Um, yeah, DJ right. fits. That's it. Um, although, uh, I think the number one streaming defense this week is probably the Cardinals. Yeah. I think that's a fair assessment. Uh, uh, at home, I, they've been playing yep. a lot better. Right. Right. Yep. Fire them up. I agree. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Let, let's move on. Uh, Los Angeles chargers host the Denver Broncos. This is always a pretty brutal game. Um, the Broncos are three and six and reeling on their, in their own right. And, uh, the chargers red hot seven and two at home. Uh, yes, I will go ahead and, uh, let's see, I'll go ahead and take the chargers. Hang on. I'm actually pulling up my notes here. Like, there we go. Um, I don't know why I need notes to talk about the chargers to be perfectly honest with you. Obviously <laughs> you got Melvin Gordon, you're throwing out there. You got Phillip rivers, you're throwing out there. Um, uh, and other than that, you know, it's funny. I'm not loving any of their receivers in this game. Um, mm. I think, I think that, uh, 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 specifically focusing on Keenan Allen here for a second. Um, he and Chris Harris have kind of a long running history together. Allen's going to, going to probably be dealing with Harris for over half of his routes. Um, and, uh, and I, I get the sense that he's going to have a really hard time and, and, uh, and in general has had rough games against the Broncos, uh, six, six regular season games versus the Broncos. He's had no more than 41 yards in just one of the, uh, he, so he's going to be somewhat touchdown dependent, I'll say. In this wow. one, uh, so to for to be a, I think a true fantasy asset, um, and ultimately, you know, and that's talking about Keenan Allen. So everything I just said, it goes double for the likes of Tyrell Williams. Uh, Austin Eckler has become something of a non-factor uh, with with Melvin Gordon healthy and destroying everybody. Uh, so so yeah, so I'm 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 loving uh, Gordon and and I'll I'll play Rivers in this one, but I'm not totally into anybody else. Yeah, I I agree with that. I didn't know uh I didn't catch that with um Chris Harris and Keenan Allen. That's a great that's a great uh nab there. Good work. Uh on the Broncos side, um Philip Lindsay, it looks like Royce Freeman could return in this game, but I'm not, you know, that's going to go back to a committee but we've seen all all season so far other than uh 
Lindsay losing some time after punching people. Uh, right. But he should be he should be back in in this game, and <laughs> Royce Freeman uh, should take a back seat coming off of a uh, mid to high ankle sprain if he even plays in this game. Um, Cortland Sutton, I think, could be solid. However, I don't like him against Casey Hayward. I just think yeah. uh, Casey Hayward it just dominates everybody. And Cortland Sutton is very talented, but he is still a rookie. I don't think he's going to have enough to deal with that. Therefore, uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, I think, is a is a automatic start at the wide receiver two position just because of the upside and the volume. Um, but Jeff Hireman, who I think just, you know, keeps slipping his way into the podcast every week. Uh, he is a, he's a decent option there at, at tight end. And, and again, I think if you can attack the chargers anywhere, it's, it's over the middle there. So I, I like Jeff Hireman um, as a streaming option for the tight end position. And uh, I'm not into uh, case Keenum at all. Yep. Uh, let's move on. Uh, these last three games here, man. Holy smokes. This is where the fireworks are going to be in the late portion of the afternoon, Sunday night and Monday night game. Um, these are going to be really fun games, and they're, these are definitely have playoff implications. And um, first up, we have the Eagles on the road versus the Saints. The Saints are 8-1 and one all of a sudden, and the Eagles are 4-5 and five somehow. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm happy to talk about any of these teams coming up so far away. I'll, t- I'll take the Eagles, who who are, are vastly superior to their four and five record, by the way, uh, mm-hmm. and they they I think are, are should should still be in the playoffs at some point. But totally. Agree. Uh, but yes, uh, uh, I think um, you know Carson Wentz is a stud. He's been the quarterback four in points per game since week four. Play him. Uh, I don't. This goes without saying, but just a quick note about Zach Ertz: the most receptions for a tight end through nine games in NFL history. Uh, and doesn't actually even need to catch a pass this week to have the most through the through ten games. Dude, it was um, awesome. Really quick to cut you off. Did you yeah. um did you happen to catch your boy Jason Witten on Monday Night Football who was straight up like he's going to break my record like by week eleven or something like that? Like Jason Witten's season long record, Zach Ertz right. is about to break in the next week or two. Right, right, yeah, yeah. It's I unbelievable, I, I, dude. I didn't I didn't see that, but uh but yeah, I mean it's he I that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. I mean, what he's doing is just unbelievable. It was just uh, pretty cool to have like the player in the booth and like it's Jason Witten's record. And <laughs> so just right. to have him mentioning right. it, I thought, I thought was, was just kind of cool. Well, that's good. Cause Jason Witten needed a, a broadcast win. I'll say he needed to do something <laughs> that, that to, make, to make people happy. I don't um, think he, I don't think he's that bad. I, I, we, we've battled a couple times. I know, I know, I know. We'll do it. We'll do it another time. But anyway. <laughs> I, I could, I could take it if I really wanted to. I could compile all the ridiculous things that he said over the past season so far. But sure. But he's he's a rookie. Let's let's cut him some slack. Uh, he might get better. Um. Anyway. Uh. So yes, Ertz is the man. Alshon Jeffrey uh, has actually been quietly not that great. Um. In the last in the last couple weeks. Um. But it's worth noting that that sort of all of his duds uh have have come up against. Uh, you know, really good receivers. He is probably going to go, or excuse me, really good corners. Uh, he is probably going to go up against Marshawn Lattimore this week, so that makes him a little shaky. But this is a game that should feature a lot of high scoring potential. So, so he's somebody still, I think, always to keep in mind. Um, I'm not. I, I'm. I'm a Golden Tate owner in one of our leagues, and I am not playing him at all again until I mm. truly see what what he's going to do for this team. Uh, any play, anybody playing him would just be blind faith this time. I mean, like I said, it might be a shootout, so maybe you get lucky. But he he scares me. I need. He ran only 15 routes in his first game. He'll likely do more going forward, but but I'm I'm staying away until he does. And the other thing is again the the Eagles uh, running back core the three-headed monster of Josh Adams, Corey Clement, Wendell Smallwood. Um, 
I, I don't want I don't want anywhere near anywhere near any of that situation. And the Saints run defense has actually been quite good. So uh so I'm not taking any of those three. Yeah, fair enough, man. I, I agree there. Um, really quick uh, on Zach Ertz, I have to geek out because he's just he's just my dude. We we had we had our our gamers at the beginning of the season. Uh, we had you know one guy at each position. We just were kind of our ride or die players, and Zach Ertz was my tight end. So I gotta I gotta throw this out here. Um, uh, let's see. I asked Curly this. Uh, maybe you heard it already on the episode, but just in case you haven't, uh, yesterday's episode. Um, Zach Ertz is third. Actually, he's tied for second in the league in receptions of all players. It's crazy. It's literally Adam Thielen and Michael Thomas tied with 78. Zach Ertz has 75 receptions. Julio Jones is next at 67. That's unbelievable. Dude, it is unbelievable. And he nice. has he's, uh, he's th- uh, fourth in the league in targets, Zach Ertz. Yeah. Just unbelievable, yeah. man, at the tight end position. Like that's, yep. and and honestly, dude, I mean, that's Gronk in 2011, which was his best season, wasn't even this right. ridiculous. Right. Right. No, <laughs> so he's, he's he's looking like a, a true legend at this point. So yeah. anyway, uh, shout out to shout out to Zach Ertz. It's fun to watch. Uh, I will say, except for when he's shredding me, like he did last week in one of my leagues. But uh, but nevertheless, he's. Uh, I hope he keeps. Yep. Doing there we it. go. I hope he stays Okay, healthy. for the Saints, um, you're firing up uh, Breeze, Kamara, and uh, Thomas. The only person I want to talk about right now is Mark Ingram. Um, I think against the Eagles, uh, you know, you could play him because they're at home, and I think this is going to be somewhat of a shootout. A, they're at home, and B, I think Carson Wentz is going to be able to move the ball down the field uh, against the Saints. So I think Ingram is going to get his his work. I think last week was a great like breakout for Ingram this season, but it was against the Bengals, and we just mentioned with Alex Collins that everybody torches the Bengals. So I'm not super high on Ingram, although I think he's a good start this week at home in a nice positive game script. But again, every single week, I'm not worried about Alvin Kamara. He doesn't get huge yardage, but he is the goal line back somehow, and he is getting the receptions, and he is getting into the end zone. So I'm not worried about him. Cool. Fair fair enough. Let's move on to another one. Sunday night football, the Vikings and the Bears. This is a big game in the uh, NFC North. Of course, the Packers are third in the division at 4-4-1. The Vikings are second in the division at 5-3-1. And and the Bears in first place at 6-3. So uh, this is definitely going to get tossed up here either way. Um, Bears hosting the Vikings on Sunday night football. Yeah, this is going to be a treat. This is, is, I think... Maybe my favorite game of the week in terms of in terms of I think how competitive and and and, and exciting Mon- I expect Monday it to night be. might be exciting. We'll get to that in a second, though. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's well. That's that's uh, well. And, okay, fair enough. I forgot about <laughs> I forgot about that. That's a, okay. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. But besides that, I'll say that this is maybe my 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 fair enough game. Um. So so yeah. For the I'll take the Bears. Um. I think you know we're we're firing up a lot of of that offense right now. I think Tariq Cohen uh, is, is proving to be the better weekly fantasy play in the backfield. He has been pretty much since week four. Um, and the, the Vikings have actually allowed quite a lot of receiving points to, to backfields this year. So he's, a, I think, a solid option. It was good to see Allen Robinson come back last week uh, and remind us that he's still uber talented. Um, so, and, and one thing uh, is obviously, a, you know, he might be, be dealing with quite a bit of Xavier Rhodes. Uh, although I will say that, uh, 
Robinson has actually run quite a few of his routes from the slot over the past two games, which might free him up to do things away from Xavier Rhodes. We'll see. I think both he and Anthony Miller make for interesting uh, uh, upside plays. Dude, this week. Miller is so uh, sick, dude. Miller is sick. I swooped him up off the waiver wire in, the, in our league of record, and I'm absolutely thrilled that it. One of the few things I've done right, I think, <laughs> this year, uh, to be honest, in that league. Uh, and so, yeah, he's definitely emerging as a, as, a, as a really solid option, primary slot option in Chicago. He's going to have, I think, the most opportunity to make use of this matchup. Um, and the one, the one guy I'll throw out there that I still think is, is, is a val- going to be valuable this week potentially is Trey Burden. Uh, who's he's still he's been a tight end one in five of his past six matchup he's tied for third at the position in touchdown receptions um he's he's had some frustrating games but i think he's he's uh uh going to be a worthy play this week uh the one the players that i'm avoiding uh at this point are are jordan howard because i just think uh at this point he's so game script dependent uh and and dependent on touchdowns and it's just this just doesn't seem like one of those games that's going to favor him um, so I'm staying away from Jordan Howard. I'm staying away uh, from Trubisky. I know he's a tough one uh, to sort of stay away from. He has rushing ability, you know, good home splits, but he's uh, ultimately he's not done well against good passing defenses, and, and Minnesota is a good passing defense. So he's somebody that I would be concerned about this week. Absolutely agree on all, all of Matt's. I just hope you're right about damn Burton, dude. Jesus. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, I, I, I still like it. Yeah. Yeah. Same way. I, I totally agree, man. I just don't think, I don't think Trubisky is that good of a quarterback. I think he's a better Blake Bortles, to be honest. Um, like a, yep. a significantly better Blake Bortles. However, I think he's just not a soup, like a really good NFL quarterback. I think he's just athletic. He makes a couple plays and he runs the ball. Therefore he gets fantasy points. Um, which I think it frankly has been saving Cam Newton for all these years in fantasy, uh, as opposed to NFL. So we'll see, but I just think the Vikings are getting healthy at the right time. They're coming off of a bye. They're all fresh. This is a divisional game. These games are always nasty forever. It's going to be cold in Chicago. Um, I actually disagree a little bit. I think that, that, Jordan Howard's going to have to get involved. Although Nagy has, has certainly, you know, he's got his touchdowns every once in a while, but he is definitely not the bell cow there. So I agree with, uh, with Cohen's upside, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with the bears, but I agree with you that Trubisky is not going to be a streaming option this week, even at home against the uh, Vikings um, on the Vikings side. Uh, Thielen Diggs, uh, Diggs should be coming back. He's, he's no problem. He sat out in week nine and then they had to buy last week. He should be just fine. Adam Thielen came up gimpy apparently at practice um, with a little bit of a hip uh, situation and, and some calf injuries um, seems to be not a big deal, but you know, hearing that on a, on a Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning is not what you're excited about. So certainly monitor that throughout the week, but he should be okay. Um, you're firing him up, obviously, assuming he plays. Uh, I don't like Kirk Cousins in this game. I think the Bears' defense is is uh, back to what it was a few years ago. I think they're really yep. solid. And Dalvin Cook, man, Dalvin Cook's back. This is not a good matchup against the Bears on the road. You're going to play Dalvin Cook because of the upside um, and what we all like assume he can do. But again, he he had ten carries in Week Nine against Detroit, um, who's been destroyed. And outside of a 70 yard run, right. right? he would have been, if you take that run away, which I know is kind of chicken shit, but just for talk, if you take it away, he would have been nine for 19. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, right. I mean, that, that's, that's scary. Now the upside's there. The burst is there. He, that run was actually the fastest 
play in the NFL that week. Um, so, I mean, he's definitely got the burst. He looks healthy. I, I think that's going to be good for him moving forward. I'm not super stoked at him uh, on the road right now against the Bears, although you are playing him. But I also think you can fire up Latavius Murray if you uh, if you need to as well. I think they're just both going to get work. I, I think this is going to be a little bit more of a lower scoring game than a shootout, personally. And um, I like both running backs. Kyle Rudolph is Kyle Rudolph. You play him if you have him, but don't expect much. And uh, otherwise, you know, I think you could probably fire up both defenses in this game. Yeah, I think so too. Fun fact about uh, related to Dalvin Cook, something I just read. The Bears have only allowed one rushing touchdown this yep. year, this season, the entire season. That's crazy to me. So yeah. that's not – and in general, they have allowed only one running back to hit 100 yards from scrimmage. So I don't I'm, – I'm staying away from Dalvin Cook if I can. Likewise. Now, no, that, that, that being said, uh, Curly, and brought, you know, Curly and I brought him up on the, uh, the all-in – checker fold segment um, last week or the week before. And uh, I would pick him up. If you can trade for him still in your trade deadline hasn't gone by yet, I would do it. And I think, especially after a down game, I'm expecting this week, this might be a great time to go get him cheap. Um, Yeah. Because I do believe that he's healthy. I do believe they're going to use him. I do believe they're going to fade out Latavius Murray. Once Dalvin cook proves that he is the guy. But it's, I don't think it's going to be this week unless he gets free on a, on a run because the Bears are just so solid, um, especially with Khalil Mack back. So um, right. temp, temper expectations this week, although I do like him moving forward if you still have time to go get him. Yep. Yeah, I, 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 I'm inclined to agree. I, I, I wonder if there's people out there that are actually trying to sell high on him after he went for 100 and whatever, 100, say 109 or whatever it was in week nine. But uh but so I wouldn't I wouldn't give up too much for him at this point because I still am concerned about his health and all that. But but yes, I agree in general. If he, especially if he has a rough week, you know, he's somebody to look into. Cool, right on. Let's get to our last game of the of the week. Right. And holy shit, I mean, here let's take a different approach. Okay, so it's the Chiefs and the Rams. They're both nine and one. Uh, they are arguably outside of maybe the Saints. Uh, they are and the Steelers really. They're the two hottest teams in the NFL. They're the two best offenses in the NFL. Um, their defenses are getting better and healthy. Is there anybody re- fantasy relevant that you wouldn't play in this game? No. And that, okay. So no. let's let's uh, let's just let's talk about both these teams together here. First of all, uh, the 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 news that we need to, to drop right off the bat is that this game was supposed to be flexed down into Mexico City on Monday Night Football. Unfortunately, the field is um, basically deemed unsafe. For the players, uh, the sod of the grass just didn't set well enough in time. Therefore, they have moved this back to Los Angeles. So this was going to be a neutral game, um, but this is now a home game for the Rams, which I think personally, even with both these fire power teams, I think is a huge advantage in this game um, for for the Rams. We'll get that to get to that tomorrow. But uh, fantasy wise, let's talk about the Chiefs first. Um, you're, you're playing everybody, but. I would temper expectations for Kareem Hunt, and I would also temper uh, expectations for um, uh, Travis Kelsey. Um, I think he might be a, a drop-off valve, but I also think that, that the Rams are going to have to choose to stop somebody. And I don't think without Aqib Tlaib, I don't think they have anybody to stop Tyreek Hill. So I think that they're going to try and stop Travis Kelsey through the air. And I think that their, their uh, defensive line is super nasty, and they'll be able to corral Kareem Hunt on the ground, um, he, he'll probably get a bunch of dump offs and stuff like he does. But I just uh, – this is going to be a shootout for sure. But I, I think that if the Chiefs 
can't get it going. We've seen a couple of times this year where Mahomes hasn't come out flat by any means, but not he turns it on in the second half. I don't know if they're going to be able to play that kind of game against the Rams, dude. At home especially, I think the Rams could turn it on early, and if the Chiefs get down early, I don't know that they'll be able to, to make up for it later. Yeah, I you know, it's funny. I kind of – in principle, I agree with what you're saying. I like that that they have to stop somebody, but I don't know. I just I, – I have trouble – thinking that anybody in the Chiefs Damn offense can. Is, yeah. going to be, is going to be, you know, somewhere less than their average. I think uh, if you look at – talk about Kareem Hunt, I mean, the Rams have actually been a little rough against the run. I mean, they ranked 29th in yards per carry against, 4.9 yards per carry. Uh, they they allow a rushing touchdown one every 26 carries, which is pretty – actually quite frequently. Um, so I, I think Kareem Hunt might actually be primed to have a pretty big game. Kelsey, I see what you're saying. Um uh, about that, I will say that opposing teams tend to target their tight ends against the Rams for whatever mm-hmm. reason, a lot. I don't. I'm not entirely sure why that is, but then uh, it could be a fluky thing. But but I don't know. I think all of those guys, and, and you could say the same thing for all the key guys on the Rams too. Um, in terms of, I think they're all going to have monster games in this one. Cool. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then, and uh, let's let's move on to the Rams. Then, uh, of course, you know you're playing everybody else again. Unfortunately. Uh, just to uh, review one more time, that unfortunately Cooper Cup is now out for the season with the torn ACL. That is certainly a bummer. Um, so, like, you know, fabricated hype aside, do you think Josh Reynolds is a legit option this week? Yes, I actually think I, I, I'm not even doing this for for humor's sake. I think he actually is. I think this this game has potentially has the chance to be one of the sort of the biggest scoring games of the past, like legitimately like 30 years of football. It's the, uh, it's, it's, it's the high, it's the highest over under. Yeah. 61. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's unbelievable. So, so I think, I don't know. I, I think he's somebody to take this way. He's going to be on the field for the overwhelming majority of snaps. Um, I don't, I, I think he's a deep league play. I mean, he's not somebody, if you're, you know, throwing him out there and expecting that he's going to be your wide receiver one, two, or even three, uh, that's going to be cons- not probably going to happen. But, uh, but I think as a deep play, uh, I absolutely think he, you can think of, I can think of a lot worse options to, to potentially throw out there uh, for somebody who's going to be on the field that much in a game that projects to be that high scoring. So yeah, I do think he's playable. Absolutely. Okay, and then another name I want to throw out there that, that uh, fantasy players are not necessarily thinking about with the Rams is Gerald Everett. Um, so they have two tight ends who have kind of been pretty similar, Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett. Gerald Everett is 15 for 161 and a touchdown on the year, and Higby is 11 for 135 and two touchdowns on the year. I think Gerald Everett, though, has the advantage here, and I also agree uh, that Josh Reynolds is certainly a um, deep flyer, uh, but – I think Gerald Everett might also get a bump. Um, he had a nice game last week. He caught a touchdown. The last couple of games, he's been over 20 yards receiving. Again, you don't need much from a tight end. But um, if you're really hurting at the tight end position, you know, if you have Gronkowski or something, uh, and he's sitting and you have to pick somebody up, I don't know, worth a flyer potentially. Uh, I think Gurley goes crazy in this game, which is unfortunate because I'm playing I'm playing Curly this week in the uh, League of Record and the uh, Listener League back-to-back here, but yep. uh, in the um, in the league of record, he has he has Gurley and Mahomes. <laughs> so I hope I have like a 125-point lead going into Monday Night Football, which might not even be enough. <laughs> yeah, um, it's possible not. 
So uh, so we'll see what happens there. But I think Robert Woods and, and Brandon Cooks both have a big game in this one. I think Robert Woods is going to be the de facto number one receiver option for the Rams now the cup is out. Um, I think they'll just move him into the slot. I think they'll put uh, Cooks on the outside and they'll keep um, Reynolds on the outside as well. And, and Robert Woods has been very effective through the slot. So yep, yep. this game is going to be this game is going to be fun, man. I'm excited. And we'll talk more about it uh, tomorrow on Friday's episode. Um, but before we uh, go here, let me just reiterate one more time that six teams are on by this week, and uh, they are the Buffalo Bills, the Cleveland Browns, the Miami Dolphins, the New York Football Jets, New England Patriots, and the San Francisco 49ers. That'll do it. Tomorrow, Daniel and I will be joined by Curly to talk Week 11 NFL picks as well as check in with our fantasy teams. Another big matchup in the League of Record as well as the Listener League. Stay tuned. Remember to email us your start, sit, keep, trade, cut questions if they are still applicable to you in your leagues to tckpod at gmail.com. DM us on Instagram at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag tckpod. And make sure to follow us throughout the week on our IG stories for game day updates. Thanks so much for listening and good luck in week 11. For Daniel Sancato, I'm Scott Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.